and start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Great to have you with us tonight. Uh, super packed show lined up for you. Of course, the first 30 minutes, we've got a lot of news to go over. Uh, the whole impeachment trial and just so much happening today. So much to get into tonight. And then in our guest segment, we're super excited to have him back with us. Carl Gallops is here. His new book is called The Summoning. Preparing for the Coming Days of Noah. This is a great book. That'll be exciting starting in about 29 minutes. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, if you're just figuring out it's Valentine's Day and you're married or have a significant other, uh, you're probably already in trouble. So uh, today uh, was the day. My wife and I, we had a great time last night. Our little uh, Bible study group, um, we got together and had a, a little uh, Valentine's Day dance and with sort of a potluck dinner kind of a thing um, at our church. And uh, it was a lot of fun, um, you know, just a, a nice fun night out, good, wholesome entertainment uh tonight carl gallops is here as i said next week we have alan collinge and he's with the organization student loan justice all about student loans and what's happening in that whole world which is going to be big because there's this whole idea right that's being floated of possible mass forgiveness of student loans and i have a feeling that our friend alan collinge is going to have some good insights on this because he has, in fact, if I understand this correctly, personally discussed this with Joe Biden during the primaries. He was actually living in Iowa to be able to have access to the candidates during the primaries. And he may, in fact, be one of the people that floated this idea originally of student loan forgiveness. So we want to ask him, you know, what's the possibility of it? Uh, who could get student loan forgiveness? Uh, who would not qualify? Is it going to happen, uh, you know, soon or or is something for down the road? Uh, and then, of course, all of our normal, you know, news that we get into about student loans. That'll be next Sunday night in our guest segment. And in two weeks, Mike McCormick is here and he has this incredible book out called The Unauthorized Biography of Joe Biden. So, I mean, if you love all the the Joe Biden stories corn pop with the chain and all of that stuff. Uh, this is a fascinating look at Joe Biden stuff you have never heard before. That'll be in two weeks when Mike McCormick is here. Okay, so the big news is this. The Senate vote voted yesterday to acquit pre former President Trump on the article of impeachment for inciting an insurrection. So Trump was found not guilty to use the, you know, criminal trial terminology, although this is not a criminal trial, which has always been, I mean, this whole thing has been confusing to me from the beginning because impeachment is about removing a president. 
Trump was already out of office, but they continued to want to do this. And I guess the, the goal was to just smear his name because that's what they did. Uh, the most infuriating part to me was when they played clips of his speech, the speech he gave on January 6th, but they left out the part where he said peacefully and patriotically. Um, they left that out. They, they edited that out. And his lawyer had quite a few other examples of, of um, you know, evidence that was, was, was fraudulent, that was, was, you know, whether it was an edited video or audio or other things like that to sort of make, you know, frame this in a way. Uh, so it was interesting to watch the arguments kind of shift. And I'll be honest, I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't like sit there and watch it very, very much at all. I just sort of saw the clips later, but then I read, read a lot of the commentary. And so the, the argument tended to shift towards the very end. <laughs> After uh, Trump's defense lawyer presented all of these videos, uh, clips of all the threats that Democrats have made that went way, way beyond anything Trump had ever said, and all of the, you know, two plus billion dollars of damage and these far left groups did in these riots over the summer, BLM and Antifa. So what happens is later in the in the impeachment trial, the, the argument shifts to not that Trump incited the violence, but they seem to shift their argument to Trump didn't do enough to stop the violence once it started, which that's not a crime. I mean, even if they could prove that and there's a lot of shaky allegations that were made about Trump uh, being aware of everything that was happening in the Capitol and not calling his people off as if they were going to sit there with their Twitter open while they're doing all this destruction, waiting for Trump's signal to to pull back. Uh, just sort of a silly proposition. But that was how it, it, it kind of evolved to the end that, well, you know, maybe Trump didn't cause it, but he he could have done something to stop them once they got in there, uh, which there is no legal duty uh, to try and convince others not to commit a crime. Uh, so that, that, that was where it ended though, which kind of, you know, makes, makes, uh, you know, really makes the point of how weak the whole case was, but this was fascinating. Uh, talk about splitting the baby. So Mitch McConnell who voted to acquit the president gave a scathing speech afterwards, sort of implying that Trump could still be pursued criminally for inciting the violence. In other words, I'm paraphrasing something like this. So impeachment was a political trial, but that doesn't mean that criminal charges can't still come and civil lawsuits can't still come. So it, it was very interesting to see Mitch McConnell kind of navigate the waters of voting to acquit. Uh, and of course, it's already on record that McConnell supposedly uh, says he'll never speak to Trump again. So, you know, McConnell sort of being the classic um, politician here, you know, votes to acquit, but then goes out to make comments about, well, maybe there will be criminal charges. Maybe there will be civil lawsuits. So he's trying to make, I guess, both sides happy. So he votes for the acquittal, but then goes out and says, hey, if anybody's listening, uh, maybe there's someone out there that can criminally charge the president or uh, civilly sue the president. So. It goes on, but I'll tell you what, a trial that was all about Republicans being violent, Republicans being domestic terrorists, uh, so to speak. The president's main defense lawyer, Michael Vanderveen, uh, says that he's had to leave his home. 
he and his family have had to leave their home in Philadelphia because their home is, quote unquote, under siege as retaliation for representing uh, the Trump in, in the trial. So so his lawyer is literally physically afraid for his life, having received so far over 100 death threats for providing a legal defense to Trump. Uh, there was one picture I saw where someone had spray painted in red paint on his driveway, traitor uh, on his driveway at his home in Philadelphia. So, you know, this is what we're being told. We're being told that uh, it's it's all about uh, Republicans and conservatives and the MAGA movement, uh, domestic terrorists. That's what they want to say that we are. But then when you see this, but but this is what, you know, the media will not cover this other part of the story about look at what is happening to this man. And this is why Trump had, I guess, a pretty hard time, uh, you know, getting attorneys to begin with because people are afraid because this is what the left does. Uh, Twitter came out also. It's like, hey, no one's paying attention to us. <laughs> Nobody's going to Twitter anymore since Trump is gone. So please pay attention to us. So Twitter comes out. Uh, to make an announcement in the last uh, couple of days saying they're confirming that the ban on Trump is permanent. He will not be able to have his Twitter account back, even if he runs again in 2024. Now, here's what's about to happen. Trump has been largely muzzled for the last three or four weeks. I find it fascinating. You know, here's poor Joe Biden. <laughs> He's been president, what, for almost a month now. I guess it's not even a month, about three weeks. Um, he's He's been president, but it's still 24-7 all about Trump. I mean, Trump's taking all the oxygen in the room. But now Trump has been muzzled for the last three or four weeks, right? He lost his Twitter account, uh, his Facebook account. He's had this legal uh, threat hanging over him of the impeachment trial, and Nancy Pelosi slow walked the article of impeachment, you know, held on to it for like 20 something days before it was actually submitted uh, for the Senate to consider it for the trial. So now that all the dust is cleared, there is supposedly a party like atmosphere going on at Mar-a-Lago, which is where Trump now lives uh, here in Florida. And so there's word that Trump is now going to become vocal again. And uh, we don't know exactly what that means. Um, he's got an account on Gab, on Gab.com. Um, he's got, I think, an account, possibly um, maybe an account going over at Telegram, some of these alternatives. Uh, but apparently Trump is going to unveil his plans. And uh, one of the plans, from what I'm hearing, is he is definitely going to run again. I'm not sure that he'll come out and make that definitive announcement this soon, but that appears to be sort of implied in what's happening. There's talk of Trump launching social media of his own. There's talk of Trump launching a television network of his own. Uh, one thing for sure that's going to happen, and I'm, I'm branding this, I'm calling it this, they're not calling it this, but I'm calling it the Trump Revenge Tour. Because apparently there is plans for Trump to very in the very near future get on a plane and fly to all of these areas where senators and congressmen have betrayed Trump and voted for his impeachment. Uh, for example, Liz Cheney in Wyoming. Uh, so Trump may, has made his list, just like Santa Claus. He's got his nice list and his naughty list. And if you're on the naughty list, 
your area is going to be visited on the Trump Revenge Tour, where he's going to come to your area. He's going to start fundraising for someone to primary you. And in some of these cases, like in Wyoming, uh, Liz Cheney has apparently two, maybe three people that are lining up to primary her. Uh, so this it looks like a career ender for a lot of these people uh, in terms of, of their seats in the House uh, or the Senate. OK, one thing you could do to help the show if you want to keep us going is to consider joining us over at Internet paycheckforlife.com that's tonight's sponsor internetpaycheckforlife.com there are three free lessons over there we also have a test drive if you're somebody that's ever thought maybe you would like to do something like write books have a podcast have a website of your own have a blog and make money from it I put together an online course on how to do all of those things and there's a ton of free information that you can look at to see if it's for you or not. Tonight's sponsor, internetpaycheckforlife.com, internetpaycheckforlife.com. So I posted this simple one-sentence question on Facebook, and I checked this just before we went live tonight. And it this, this sentence, which I'll tell you here in a second, has 341 shares already on Facebook. And I posted this question, I think it was maybe Wednesday of this week. 341 people have shared this question. So when does Hunter Biden's trial start? That's the question I posted. And 341 people have now shared that all across the Internet. That is going viral because that really, you know, that is the question. I was talking to a friend about this last night and it has become so apparent to Americans that there are really two justice systems. There's one set of rules and laws for conservatives and another set of rules and laws for liberals. If you just look at what happened in this trial and Trump's defense lawyer, all of the video clips he played of all of the literal, literal, I mean, actual violent threats made by Democrats and, and the, the violence that they incited, but none of them were pursued for anything like this. And Trump never said anything like these people said. But again, it is it is so frustrating just as an American to see two separate justice systems. And I talked about this uh, a few months back. I mean, if you remember, the reason why Trump was impeached the first time, the first time he was impeached, he picked up the phone and called Ukraine and he asked them to investigate the Bidens and so as a result of that, it now turns out that there's actually something to investigate. But but at the time, the Democrats said he was just trying to take down a political rival. There wasn't anything there. But now we know there is there. There's the laptop from hell and all of this information that we now have. Um, uh, Tony Bobolinsky, all of this information that is out there, which really raises the question, uh, you know, Trump. Trump was right to make that phone call as the chief law enforcement officer. But what we're looking at now um, is this question about what's going to happen to Hunter Biden. What's going to happen to Hunter Biden? He, uh, I guess, just got a big like two million dollar book advance deal. So he's got a book coming out talking about his struggles with drugs and all of that. But he's being investigated for 
a lot more than uh, just the tax issues, which we know about. There's a lot of other stuff that is being investigated. And uh, this would be very interesting optics, will it not be, that you have a sitting president whose adult son is facing all of these crimes. Now, I don't know how they just sweep that under the rug. They did it with the Clintons. I'll, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, just destroyed all of that uh, evidence and it just went away. And, uh, you know, did you wipe your server? What do you mean? Wipe it with, with a cloth? Is that what you mean? No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, did you erase your server? Uh, bleach bit and all of that. Uh, the Clintons seem to get away with uh, things with no consequences. So, you know, people are watching this. People are watching this. And, uh, you know, if, if the law is not consistent, if people reach the point that they don't believe that there's equal justice, that's when our whole society breaks down. When people begin to think this is a third world country and there's two sets of rules, two sets of laws, depending on who you are. And there's all of this crazy nonsense about domestic terrorism and blocking people from flying and Bank of America allegedly releasing people's uh, transaction records if they were around the Washington, D.C. area on January 6th. So it's not enough that if you were in the Capitol, if you had gone in the Capitol and were part of that small group that went in there, it's not enough that that criminalizes you. They want to now criminalize everybody that was at the rally. That's really what they're trying to do. And, and sort of by inference, criminalize all of us, everyone that supported Trump or voted for Trump. We're all criminals. Uh, but people are, are, are talking about this. You know, what are we going to do? You know, we've got, you know, being banned from airlines. Uh, people are being deplatformed. They're losing their their PayPal account, their Stripe account. They're they're getting their website shut down like Parler. Uh, all of this stuff is happening. People are losing uh, their banking and their credit card processing, all of this stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's going to really probably take, you know, there's at least, what, 80 million of us that voted for Trump. And then there's probably more than that that didn't vote but are more sympathetic, uh, you know, to the conservative side of the equation than they are to the liberal side. Uh, maybe this is going to have to turn into like two separate economies. I mean, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe we're going to have to have our own banks, our own airlines, our own web uh, hosts, uh, our own PayPal type of deals. I mean, all of this is going to have to be put in place because it seems like they want to literally cancel and criminalize anyone that takes the other side uh, of the equation, anybody that leans uh, conservative. And, uh, you know, I've said it on this show since Trump was elected. I don't necessarily think that, uh, you know, his bombastic behavior on Twitter was a good thing. I would not have done that if I were him. I would not have recommended that. But, you know, when I look at what he did and, and, and what he delivered to us, he delivered what he promised, including, you know, my number one agenda, which is pro-life and the pro-life uh, Supreme Court justices that we got, the three justices that we got in all of the conservative policy that we got. Uh, and it's all disappearing in just a matter of days. Forty something executive orders signed by Joe Biden. And the latest news is this. Uh, Biden is now pushing for gun reform. And apparently he's not trying to do this by an executive order. Surprise, surprise. But uh, he announced over the weekend that he wants Congress to begin drafting legislation for for uh, gun reform. And this is, you know, he's not talking about just, 
you know, taking guns away from criminals, which is already in the law. What they're talking about are taking away guns from people that are law-abiding citizens that legally own guns. They're talking about things like the magazine in your firearm can't hold more than maybe 10 rounds, which is not very many rounds if you're, you know, carrying a concealed firearm to protect yourself and maybe you're out at the grocery store and somebody comes in with a high-powered rifle, you're already outgunned. The idea that you're only going to be allowed to have a magazine that holds 10 rounds, these are the kind of crazy things that they're looking to implement. Uh, Many of these liberals have never owned a firearm, but they're the first ones to be surrounded by armed bodyguards. And they've got this ridiculous fence up, seven or 8,000 National Guards troops protecting them, but they want to take away your gun or limit you to having not nearly enough uh, firepower or rounds to adequately protect yourself. Um, this story, I think, is is fascinating. I don't know if you have been following this. Uh, of course, it was it was incredibly sad news to hear about the death of Officer Brian Sicknick, who died uh, at the cap after the Capitol riots. But what was initially reported which was widely reported is now we are learning is not true. And the the reason we know it's not true is apparently the family of this fallen officer came out and said, Hey, what the media is saying is not true. And we don't want our family members uh, death to be politicized. And and here's what they're getting at. Um, This officer, this Capitol Hill officer, uh, his, his name is Brian Sicknick. He did not die from being hit with a fire extinguisher. Um, we still don't know what he died from, but apparently he died the day after he died the next day after the riot. Now there's a lot of reporting on this over at uh, revolver. Uh, I believe their URL is revolver.news. Let me just check that really quickly here to make sure I've, I'll give you the right uh, URL if you want to read more about this. But the implication, um, apparently, um, yeah, it's revolver.news. Um, that's their top story. And they've got, th- apparently, I, I heard an interview with one of the writers from Revolver, and they said this is just the tip of the iceberg about what's going to come out about um, this situation. And I don't want to go any further with it on the show other than to say that it's sure starting to look like that they tried to politicize this officer's death to try and further their narrative uh, of what happened uh, in the Capitol. Um, and if you want to read more about it, uh, check out revolver.news. Um, it's really sad and sick when you think about it, that they would attempt to use the death of an officer for political purposes. But keep in mind that uh, this information came out because his own family went public and said, we don't want our loved one's death politicized. So uh, follow that story. A lot supposed to come out on that this week at revolver.news. Okay, uh, Biden declares national emergency at the border is over. So Biden says the national emergency at the border is over. 
he ends the funding of the wall. Now, this hasn't been said yet, but there's a whisper going on of possibly Biden tearing down the sections of the wall that Trump put up during his term, uh, hundreds and hundreds of miles of wall, that they might actually tear down that wall. Wouldn't that be something? I would start with te- tearing down the wall around Capitol Hill. Let's let's start with that. Mr. Biden, tear down this razor wire fence that's surrounding Washington, D.C. Um, but get this, the numbers of illegals attempting to cross the border has already more than doubled, has already more than doubled. Um, this is since Biden has been sworn in, which is a, what, about three weeks So this is just getting started. And we've got these caravans coming now from, uh, you know, uh, Central America, Honduras, Guatemala, all of these areas. They're coming packed uh, in enclosed uh, trucks uh, in the beds of of trucks. Um, They're walking along the the roads. They don't have access to to bathrooms and facilities. Um, And all of this, even if you're someone that is super liberal about immigration, and you want open borders, even if that's you, even if that's where you're at, how could you possibly do this with the COVID crisis that's going on? I mean, we're literally Biden is talking about uh, closing the Florida border because he's afraid that the governor of Florida uh, isn't uh, cracking down enough on us because we're living our lives here. Our businesses are open and, and we're living our lives. We didn't go along with this whole idea of shutdowns like you're seeing in all the blue states. So Biden floated the idea, well, maybe we'll have to shut the border down of, uh, of Florida. And our governor said, well, go ahead and try that. And and we'll order our National Guard to keep our border open. Wow. You got to love that from Ron DeSantis. But in any case, if you look at what's happened, there's a literal explosion happening at our border. And even if you're someone that is for uh, you know, more liberal policies on immigration. How can you possibly do that? And the Biden administration, they're not uh, putting any testing in place for COVID or any of that. So these people, be, and, and think about this. I mean, I know people that live in Ecuador and they're telling me not presently, but in the last few months, it's gotten so bad in Ecuador that they actually would put the bodies out on the street, out on the curb, just like you put your garbage outside that's the only way they could get their dead picked up was they would put them outside and they would come around every so many days and pick up the dead bodies. These are areas in many, uh, many of these areas, they don't even have the basic vaccinations that we have here in the United States. Some of these caravans have known, uh, have been known to have tuberculosis and smallpox and other diseases, not to mention COVID, but why would they do this? I mean, I get it. They're liberals. I get it. They want open borders. They want to turn these people into voters. But how can they possibly be for this with the pandemic? I mean, and these are the same people telling us not to wear two masks, don't open the schools, all of this nonsense. And they want to have open borders. Close Florida. Right. (laughs) But go ahead and open up uh, to all these countries in Central America and, and Mexico. And we'll close it out with this. If you haven't been following what's going on in cryptocurrency, which you know that that's one of our favorite topics here, uh, Bitcoin tonight is about to hit $50,000. That's for one single Bitcoin. And uh, there's there's a number of other things happening in cryptocurrency 
which I'm not going to have time to get into tonight. But uh, for those that are subscribers to my Bitcoin class, which you can find out about by going to bitcoinworkshop.us, um, I'm going to be actually putting some information up this week about uh, a small, unknown cryptocurrency. Pretty much nobody knows about this. I briefly mentioned it in my book on Bitcoin. But this little coin has, it's more than doubled here in the last day. And there's a lot of buzz about this little coin that you can get into for just a few cents that some people are saying could very well make this the next Bitcoin. In other words, if you could go back in time and get in on Bitcoin, like back in 2009, I mean, even if you just, you know, put a hundred bucks in, you'd have millions of dollars today. So there's always been this, this, this uh, search, this hunt, where's the next Bitcoin? Where's the next? So if you're in my Bitcoin class, uh, I'm going to be doing a little video about this coin uh, so if you want to find out more about joining that, it's a private group that we have also on Facebook. It's bitcoinworkshop.us. Uh, this little coin, which is going for just eight cents right now, uh, I, I have, uh, I just put a lot in it. I'll just say that. Uh, and I'm not going to mention the name of it, uh, on the air, but it will be, uh, something I'll be talking about to those in our private cryptocurrency trading group this week all right we'll take a one minute break and refire the open and uh, i'll let my producer know that is in the other room i don't see carl gallops yet on my board so if you could work on getting carl on the board i will go ahead and refire the open carl gallops will be with us uh, when we come back from the break to talk about his new book the summoning super excited to have carl with us and uh, we'll take a one-minute break, refire the open, and we'll be back with our special guest. Oh, there he is. He's on the board right now. Uh, we'll be back in one minute after we refire the open. Stay tuned. 